2: Just when you thought we were out, you pull us back in. We are back for a final time to talk about the offer in a uh, little wrap-up episode. As ever, I'm joined by the Mario Puzo to my Francis Ford Coppola. Will Chich, how are you doing? Will, are you well? You're good, yeah. Cheers, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm kind of um. I don't know, I'm slightly sad that, that this is the final time we will be we'll be discussing this show. Yeah. I've, I've, I've enjoyed this past 11 weeks, drinking wine, having a lovely time mm-hmm.
1: with you. It's been lovely. Drunk a lot of 11 bottles of wine. Yeah. Of varying quality.
2: Nice. <laughs> so now that we've, yeah, so let's kind of d- dive into it. Well should we should we talk about oh yeah we're, well we're drinking we're drinking some wine this week so shall we uh shall we have a little jingle and talk about our wine <laughs> so will what have you gone for this week for our for our final discussion on the offer
1: What's going on with a Shiraz Cabernet, and it's a Wolf Blast. And it's tell you what, it's a nice drop. I've had it a couple of times, and I thought, it's a nice drop, so I'm going to have it again.
2: Lovely stuff. I have, um... It's lovely. Just because I wanted to beat the Amazon um, delivery charges, I bought, because I think it would have worked out, £20, or close to £20, to buy one bottle of Coppola wine. I bought two, so it cost me twenty four pounds, and I got free delivery. So I'm I'm back on, I'm back on the Coppola, Rosso and Bianco Cabernet Sauvignon, and it is just like last week. It's going down an absolute wow. bloody tree. A, a lovely. It was door. a
1: bloody lo- It was a bloody lovely drop. In fairness,
2: yeah. I if I had the money, it would be my regular go to. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. but I think tw- twelve pound a pop. It's probably a bit too rich yeah. for my taste.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have
2: to start making ex- cuts elsewhere, do you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Hate yeah. yeah, it.
1: unless they start yellow unless they start yellow labeling it.
2: Yeah, which I don't think they're gonna be doing, are they? <laughs>
1: yeah. No. I can't make any more cuts. <laughs> and I don't think Kylie will agree with I say, can we just make a couple more cuts? Because I really like the coppola wine. <laughs> I Don't think she's gonna go get on board with it. Come on. Yeah.
2: We'll get rid of one of the kids. Yeah, they can share the shoes.
0: It'll
2: be fine. <laughs> Amazing. So to kind of talk you guys through what we're kind of going to be doing this week, we're kind of just going to be talking about the season as a whole, our thoughts as well. like we've kind of let them ruminate and settle and kind of going through like a few different things, whether it's our favorite moments uh the issues we had with the series kind of diving in a bit more to the fact versus fiction of it and kind of picking that apart and looking at where they got it right and kind of some of the surprising aspects of that and we're also going to be discussing where we would theoretically if this got season two where are the where are the potential places it could have gone So and as 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 well as that yeah we're gonna we're gonna run down um our top five characters we're gonna we're gonna hash it out together and kind of it'll be a it'll be a joint top five (laughs) who we think are the best characters in this show so let's start off with yeah being being a week out since finishing the series will how are you kind of feeling about the finale uh particularly of, of of the offer now. How does it sit with you this week?
1: Yeah, the 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 issues I had with it that didn't sit well still I'm still a, a bit disappointed by it. but the bits were good. The more I think about it I could watch it I could watch it again. Yes. Because those those great bits with the gang and the premiere and those for those bits I could easily watch that finale again. Just for the moment when they turn it with the premiere and that kind of stuff was really great. It's just I would have quite happily had it finished there without more ruddy stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think that was it. It kinda of, yeah, for me if it went I want we've watched ten episodes of a series with The Godfather, I would have quite liked it to just finished with The Godfather.
2: Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you there. Yeah, it's kind of like give us that postscript of where they went on to next. Just give us that like kind of scroll we get on the end. Or just give people, I don't know, like a let them let them do their own research. Do you know what I mean? Where did these people go on mm. to next? Some of them it's obviously it's written in the stars. Like we know do you know what I mean? We know Francis Walter mm-hmm. Coppola goes on to make part two. We know that kind of his career is like kind of blossoms throughout the 70s and then gets a bit rocky throughout the 80s. and It's kind of, I don't know. And there's certain people like, I don't know, there's hints at what Mario Puzo did next. Do you know what I mean? But he doesn't, he doesn't even get like a a, a closing no. credits like, oh, Mario Puzo, like, do you know what I mean? Went on to work with, there's Francis even. Just, yeah. Fra-
1: yeah, I think, I think Francis did Bob did, and obviously Ruddy did. Ah, Betty did, but Ruddy didn't because we had the well swords, but we had the whole. This is yeah that that. I think that last ten minutes was a bit of a misstep Mm -hmm. in the tone of the show because that that and it was a bit of a high. It was great when they were at the premiere and they all got together and you knew the like. It Wasn't exactly a spoiler, they turned out to be quite a good film. Yeah. But in the context of the show, when they all, like I say, when they all turned up and there was that vibe and everyone was meeting up again because we hadn't seen Poozo for a while, that was great. And that to me, i Betty having moment, really he had his moment because the film was great. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we needed that stuff. I just think it was a bit of a misstep, but I, like we said last week, I think that's down to the fact that Ruddy was involved and no one else was.
2: What I think is quite interesting, and I listened back to the interview that Al Ruddy did on Mark Maron uh, today, mm. and some of the things he kind of says in that, like he 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 strongly alludes to, like he says that Michael Tolkien came to his house and like kind of interviewed him over seventy hours, just kind of getting his life story. And Al Ruddy says like, and some of it was the truth. So I think he's acutely aware that like he's kind of peppering these stories and making them about him. And what's like really fascinating about it is even when he's telling this story to Mark Maron, he says like, so uh, one day Michael's putting his stuff in his bag ready to leave and he turns to me and says, I wish I would met you 30 years earlier. And he's like, oh, what, what 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 why is that? Because listening to your story, I would have like I could have done so much with my life that I didn't do. You just went out and did it. Like you 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 would have made such an impact on my life. And I was like, even now he's trying to like he's he's still trying to be like yeah, do you mean it would like I think the reason people may feel like that from watching this show is like Fucking hell, that guy blagged his way. Yeah. Into working for Paramount. Do you know what I mean? Do you know? What I mean? He blagged himself yeah, yeah. into being a producer. Like.
1: <laughs> I think Yeah, and I think maybe that is part of the reason like we should, like the critical reception hasn't been great and people have taken against it. Is because this, although it says inspired by, in the title sequence, inspired by the stories of Al Reddy. Mm-hmm. It's not really, it is, at, like the, it's promoted as the story of the maker of the Godfather. Yeah. Not promoted as Al Reddy's version of events. You know what I mean? Which is not the easiest sell. Yeah. But I think that is why there is bits of it that are so outside the realms of truth. You go, fuck off, mate.
2: Yeah, and what's quite interesting is he is quite open about the fact that like a lot of yeah. it is is fiction, and kind of says like he's he's he openly admits he's like yeah, I kind of knew that the show was never destined for awards or anything like that because at the end of the day, like it's not that kind of show. It's kind of it's it's purely entertainment, and I think that's that is what it is, and I think that is hundred percent potentially what people have taken against somewhat is the fact that they wanted a kind of like tell all this is what happened like in the making of the godfather
1: kind of verbatim to to what yeah and i think maybe when like we said when that first clip came out and there was a bit of already a backlash because the foot which was an odd choice of clip of the Pacino meeting Mm -hmm. and people went, what the fuck? But even then, I think people took against that clip because it was kind of being marketed as a prestige show.
0: Yes.
1: Palo's prestige, like not a a bit of fun, like as the making of the Godfather starring Miles Teller. And, you know, and and then that clip is not, it's not indicative of the show at all, that clip, because that is quite a, out of context and stuff, that does look like something that could come from something trying to be a prestige show. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when you watch the show, you go, Oh, that's not this show at all.
2: No, 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 no. no. It's
1: really not. It's absolutely not. Like there's episodes, which are frankly batshit mental, (laughs) but that's part of the fun of it. So I, I, I think that's the shame that I, they took a bit of a bow in, unnecessarily
2: so what are your kind of like obviously yeah like as you said the, the critical reception has been kind of rocky with this I'm going to quickly pull up what the what the current Rotten Tomatoes score is because I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know obviously we've mentioned it before elsewhere on the podcast mm. but and it was a it was a decent it was a decent kind of Audience score. So the the critical score is fifty seven percent, which is kind of from what we know and kind of have read, like and listened to, sounds about right, right? Like fifty seven percent.
1: Wow. Yeah. From what? Yeah.
2: So, do you want to hazard a guess as to what the audience score is for this show?
1: I would say, is. It... <laughs>
0: People like it, who watch it. I'm gonna go
1: mid eighties, yeah, or low eighties, eighties,
2: ninety five percent.
1: Yeah, see,
0: so
2: yeah, so Uh, I I like, and I think, like, yeah, and I I, like. I I didn't think I'd discuss this with Dan Fogler. But it's something I ended up discussing with Dan Fogler when I I talked to him. Yeah. Anyone listening, go back and listen to my conversation with Dan Fogler, uh, one of the stars of the offer. And um, yeah, we talked about the fact of why potentially critics could have taken against it. And I guess a lot of them, because it seemed to be a lot of people who were like, steeped in film as well do you know what i mean like because i guess there's that fine line between like film fans and tv fans and as kind of culture is going criticism is going there's like people cover both right or a kind of entrench a foot in both worlds so yeah, and i think a lot of those people are probably really read up on the truth and the kind of what actually happened with The Godfather, and maybe maybe had preconceived notions of what that might be, like as a show, and this show ain't, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like,
1: uh, I, Nah, it's not, it, it, it is just fun, and I think maybe had this show, because of the way the landscape with television is, there's so much television, and it is like so much quality TV, that's not diminishing anything that The Offer does, but I think maybe if this had been even five years ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think he would have done a lot better. Yeah. I think it's just because there's this, there's this preconceived idea now of like everything, every, every star led show about a, a historical thing is going to be serious TV. Or, you know, and
2: it's either got to be prestige or it's got to be trashy.
1: You know yeah, I mean? exactly, and this this falls in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not trash; it's absolutely not trash. Because, like we've said, that the the production values now are, are great. But it's not, and like, the it's performances not like,
2: it's not like trashy in the way of like Brian Murphy trashy, which is high mm. budget. But it's like yeah. fundamentally quite trashy. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: well, yeah, I mean, you look at you know some of the Ryan murphy is proper, and there is nothing wrong with that. I I love it when I am in the right mood. I, camp trashy nonsense great but it's so weird this falls in the middle it's not it does have these moments of that but it just falls somewhere in the middle where i think maybe it got lost
2: in the shop. yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
2: i get that so what are your kind of thoughts on the series as a whole like are you are you hot on it? Like, have you, have you cooled on it at all? Or are you kind of... Yeah. like Would you watch it again?
0: I think so. I think I'd watch it again because the, 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 the great
1: moments and even the mad, you could consider, trashier moments, the kind of wild moments, are great. Did mm-hmm. Those outweigh the, the death moments. And... It is a couple of deaf moments, but I think from the perspective of knowing like what the show is and it's just fun. I could quite. I think in a couple of years it would be a hangover binge. You mm-hmm. it'd be like, oh, I tell you what, Sunday. I am. I haven't seen the offer for years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick out on blast through that.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of like that's the, the kind of show it is. I think, from our perspective it'd be kind of interesting to watch it just as a bit of entertainment as kind of like obviously yeah. that's kind of the the stance we've took on it as as kind of doing these deep dives, but at the same time, we have still had to have brought an analytical eye to it, whereas like I can imagine watching this and kind of letting it just wash over you and just enjoying the romp that it is kind of discounting the truth and the kind of the real life events would make for really yeah it does make for entertaining tv in that way
0: yeah absolutely because
1: obviously you've you know a lot more about the godfather and stuff than i did so it's only through our conversations on this that sometimes i've gone oh really that's not true oh okay so potentially i would have some of that would have just gone over my head and i would just like i said watched it as a bit of entertainment yeah it's only from and possibly with that, those duffer moments where it's really on the nose, binging it and just enjoy, just let it go on. I probably wouldn't have thought about those as much as I did. It just would have been just going, oh whatever, and just enjoyed it. So yeah, I'd be interested to watch watch it again further down the line and see if it still holds up. Right, right. That's,
2: yes, it's that's interesting. I think I think I'll de- I definitely will watch it again at some point. I think it'll be said it would be a lot of fun so um what are some of your yeah you talk about some issues with the show what are some of your major issues that you had with the show any plot lines any like key scenes that stick out to you that were a bit or kind of yeah
1: i mean there was some i mean the one of the major ones i think we both agree on which was a big misstep was the the james khan and um
2: Gianni Russo stuff.
1: Yeah, that was even more. So, it was, it was deaf anyway. The way it was dealt with, the whole like, um, making him a piece of shit and they were trying to deal a little bit with me too, that kind of thing. And it just, it was, it just, yeah, it was just so on the nose and just badly dealt with. And it, even more so knowing it was a complete fabrication by the sounds of things. Mm -hmm. It was a strange choice to make.
2: And I think like a slightly dangerous choice as well. Do Mm. you know what I mean? Like Gianni Russo is still alive. Do you know what I mean? And like Mm. some people who don't know, do you know what I mean? A lot of the people watching this don't like probably aren't going to investigate that is going to be their impression of a real life person, which is like kind of, I don't know whether, he, yeah, whether Al Ruddy particularly thought that Gianni Russo was a bit of an asshole. Like, I'm, I'm sure he's not a saint. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know from kind of, I've read part of his autobiography, and yeah, he's a guy who's had dealings with the mob. Like, his, do you know what I mean? As yeah, I believe he killed someone in self-defense and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? He's kind of, he's got his hands dirty, and he's kind of used to work for the mob and stuff like that. So there is, like, he's a guy who's been around the block a few times, but yeah, I think to level allegations like that against somebody, even if it is in a piece of fiction, he's still a real-life
0: guy.
1: Well, yeah, he's still, he's, he's still a boat. I'm like, well, yeah, I, had I not been doing this with you and knowing, because I probably wouldn't have thought to, yeah, I would have absolutely, that would have been my opinion. I would have gone, oh, well, yeah, that happened then. Do you know what I mean? So, it is, a, well, a, a, those bits were clearly, when it becomes quite clear that we're Al Ruddy's version of events, mm-hmm. and, yeah, they just, they do hit with a clang sometimes, you know. Yeah. It never, it never bothered me enough to go, oh, I'm not watching this anymore, it's just ridiculous. But it, there was a few times where you do go, "Come on now, this is yes. this is a bit poor."
2: Yeah, let's let's chill out a bit. Um, I guess yeah. For one of my kind of issues of the show is the handling of the francois plotline and the kind of like yeah. just the swift exit of her character and no, she get like there's no real payoff to that. She's just kind of she's gone, like yeah. and it That's, like it just all uh, felt like kind of i don't know steamrolled through that whole kind of relationship and it's it somewhat felt at times like she was included as like a plot device to kind of give some tension for al and it's like sometimes it was unnecessary tension there was tension as well elsewhere and i know that there's aspects of yeah he was he was he was he was married to her and like, potentially like they did split up whilst they were making this. So I can.
1: Yeah. Uh, That whole Francois thing. That was another thing. It's almost like there was occasions where they were working through Ruddy's bullet points. So like, he was like, Oh yeah. And then I was in that relationship, but then it stopped. And that is like the, the, the writers went. Well, just stopped. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll just do that. So okay. it was no. They didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And I the think... same with like characters would just disappear with no. If it... yeah, and and then, the, some the, of they... the character arcs were strange as well.
2: And then we get that kind of like that shoehorned in like girlfriend for one episode who is just literally there to.
1: That, for me, was one of the, the, I mean, the James Bond stuff and that was of that. And the end of that episode is, for me, the worst moment in the show. It was just such a, it just didn't work. And it was so on the nose. And just, yeah, it would, it literally had nothing to do with anything. Just the whole thing served the purpose for make that little, like monologue at the end about the horse's head, yeah. Which in itself was shit
0: because
1: <laughs> it just was pointless. Because we we, I think sometimes it, this show did. It's it was great at like, so if you weren't really averse to The Godfather and knew the Father Godfather, it was great at letting you letting you in as just a casual view of The Godfather. But it also teetered on the line. That was when it did cross it going. Right, we know you're a little bit stupid, so we're gonna explain this to you. Yeah. This and yeah, that was the one time I thought right if this is how it goes, we're gonna have a problem, here. But it <laughs> didn't. It was fine. But yeah. Yeah. That was my worst moment.
0: Any other bugbears for you? Like I'm gonna to have to say uh, Pacino ever worked
1: for me, it just I didn't. There was a moment towards the end of the Pacino arc, uh-huh. but I never quite believed. I, I didn't quite ever buy into the the idea that he just wasn't quite charismatic enough. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that moment where I was like, only until there was one moment in the, the filming of the diner, but by then it was too late again, it was a little bit of a spoon-fed, whereas there wasn't, there should have been maybe moments where you go, oh, fuck, he is, I can see it now, he's great. There was too much of him, frankly, moping about.
2: Well, I think that's kind of endemic of like, one of the key problems is this, is the fact that the cast of The Godfather do not get any time to shine whatsoever, and they're kind of not not really introduced to us at all. Like we get that scene at the dinner table, and kind of on reflection, it's like I wish we had had some scenes before then of like, even if it's them in meetings, meeting these people for the first time, or seeing them do an audition, and kind of, or oh, some rehearsals. Do you know what I mean something where it's like, yeah, you get to you, yeah, like or even if it's not like, cause I know that Coppola did stuff with them where it was like, at one point he, he like made Pacino and Diane Keaton, like, like spend some time together and go out shopping. Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: that which, kind of which I would have taken.
1: Yeah. Which I would have taken over the stupid girlfriend uh-huh. subplot and the Francois stuff. I mean, again, you have to have that Francois stuff. But well, I think the way they dealt with things so quickly in the show, in just a conversation, you kind of could have done that with Francois. Yeah. And then we could have had more of the... Because it, it felt like they did set that up. And then again, I mean, I think you like prefer, liked it a bit more than me, that dinner party yeah. scene. But I just, I thought that was quite clunky as well, because it was so quick. They all sat down and all of a sudden just... I know that did happen. But it would have happened over a few, obviously, they condensed into one, one yeah, dinner it party. Over a
0: week. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it just felt like just a bit too cheesy. What? But I was like, this have. I, I don't know. It just, I just, I would have preferred an episode, even if they just used an episode to, like you say, have those meetings to set up who's in the Godfather. But you had nothing for Like Bank Keaton was just mentioned at that dinner party. So I assumed. It was a setup for
0: something to come. Nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally pretty sure for some of those people, that's really their only scene. I think like we get to see Diane Keaton when they're setting up for that shot when they're outside of the department store on like yeah. doing Christmas shopping. We see a moment of the actor, the the, the gentleman playing John Casale, when they're setting up for the shot of the Don being shot. Like Jimmy Kahn kind of gets that shoehorned bit, like, do you know what I mean? Like, scene. And it's like, I wish we'd had more of the cost. Like, even the fact that like, it felt, they felt really absent in that finale. Do you know what I mean? It's like,
1: yeah, wow. I mean, you could have had, if, because of that setup, you could have, I'm not right, but you could have easily shadowed that setup of them all being together the first time of having, which I wonder maybe that was and it's just not budgetary, but maybe because it's ten episodes, not whatever. But you could have had them all with the premiere. We could have had the is it again, the the ruddy centeredness of this show, the whole of the premiere was ruddy. Really. It was just those all focus where you could have had cuts to when they were announcing the categories, it would have been nice to see, yeah, because you've got to cut to everyone. So it was a, another well, shadow in no. the, the dinner pie, but we didn't see any of them.
2: And one of the thrusts of that final episode became very much about the fact that, like, it was Al Ruddy's turmoil over mm-hmm. what will his next move be. And it kind of, like, it got to a point somewhat where it was like, this is almost, like, overshadowing the fact that, like, the Godfather is, like, nominated for 11 Academy Awards and, like, we're leading up to the premiere and stuff like that. It's
1: like... I 100% agree with that. I mean, because it felt almost like the premiere set, was the setup to, like you say, his inner turmoil of what he was going to do. When he should have just... I, I didn't give a shit about that. Because well, yeah. I've watched 10 episodes about the make of The Godfather. So the whole... The, the end really should have been the the win. And not... Like I say, not the hero pose of Al Ruddy winning an Oscar. If you, you've you made a bullshit about everything else, you could have quite easily bullshitted and have them all go up on stage. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? And that could have been your end. You could have had Puzo, all of them on stage, holding the Oscar, job done. Because you... You've taken artistic license with everything else, so it doesn't really make any difference.
2: Well, and the fact that like none of the cast are visible at the like the part, like the the after party.
1: You have it's that just... silly, that silly conversation with which is a, another. It sounds like I'm being really negative on this show, but, but it's not. to no, I no, really that, enjoy it. But like, this
2: is the, the yeah, this is the the negative air, bit. Yeah, yeah, this is where yeah, we're so on. like yeah,
1: but like again, you have quite. This, regardless of the what they won, there's a big moment that even, so, as a passing interest in the Oscars knows that moment,
0: the Brando stuff, which they dealt with,
1: incredibly weirdly. <laughs> they just went, "Oh, this is going to be odd." That's all they said, and then they went down exposition dump of I can't, I can't believe Marilyn Brando didn't turn up and he sent you, know, oh. you could have had quite a nice you could have had a whole episode in the premiere of
2: and the, and the, the shenanigans yeah, going
1: yeah, yeah. on yeah uh, sorry at the Oscars yeah the, the, uh, so a whole episode of that because they did that thing in the episode where they were cutting back and forth in timelines so you could, the way the show is with the, the caper stuff you could have quite happily Like, you're making most of it up as you go along. Why not have, what do you mean, Marlon's not here? Yeah. And then, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could have had that caper. And then, this is how you could have met Diane Keaton in the episode. But they didn't. They decided to go, we're going to deal with Ruddy wanting to make the longest yard.
2: Yeah, because I guess some people as well, like, watching that scene of them all at the Oscars, they'll be like, oh, who's this woman sat on the end? especially as she get like when marlon brando's announced as the like best actor and she gets up and like walks like <laughs> walks yeah. the stage it's like uh, could that be could that have been set up and it kind of felt like i don't know like yeah that <clears throat> that, that conversation between um betty and peter bart was like oh, shit, we need to kind of, yeah, we need to address that. Let's let's do this. And it kind of came across, like,
0: quite clunky. Yeah. I, well, you're being polite. I'd say very, very clunky. Because,
1: like, that is, that, as much as I like the finale, and I loved all that, the, the Oscar stuff, and it was the one episode that really clearly, for me anyway said this show may as well have been called ruddy by this point mm-hmm. because it was like that. It was almost like there was Al Ruddy was telling the story and went, yeah, but the mark don't we're talking about me. Don't worry about the Marlon Brando stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. happened. Talk about me. Remember I got the longest yard coming. Let's talk about, and that was a bit of a shame because yeah. I don't give a shit about the longest yard.
2: And that kind of inner turmoil, what is going to happen next, kind of makes sense if this was like to be a kind of running series over multiple seasons and it was like the many, the many tales of Al Ruddy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we know that it's not going to be that. Do you know what I mean? This is a limited series. Like, this is it. Like,. And like we'll get on, we'll get into it more in some detail. But I, I think, if you were to have any story, and I'm, I'm probably stepping on something from later, but I think Al Ruddy is probably one of the least people I would want to see the further adventures of. Right.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like it. I didn't watch it. I wouldn't have
1: flicked through, if we weren't doing this, flicked through Haramon Plus and gone, oh, Reddy, the show, what's that? Yeah. Or the story of Al Reddy, the producer of Godfather, and he went on to make The Longest Yard, sounds great. I wouldn't have. Yeah. What hooked what me in was the fact that it's the making of The Godfather. So that's how the finale should have been, mm-hmm. ended with The Godfather. Like, see, if it it was, which is fine, if if you were going to make that show about the ready shenanigans, then, yeah, but it wasn't, and that's not what drew me in.
2: So before we move on to some of the things we liked about the series, is there any more bugbears or kind of uh, scenes that stand out to you that were particularly clunky or badly dealt with?
0: I don't think so. I think it was just those... I tell you what is we haven't really we've been talking about and it's funny how
1: quickly the mob stuff is. Is like a, yes. I forgot you kind of like forget it was that old mob subplot, mm-hmm. and it which was, was a basically big part the, of the of, yeah yeah it was a big part the first the six episodes yeah if not more. was the mob stuff yeah 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 I think yeah at least into. Yeah, it's the first seven had the most stuff in. So you, well, it's all the way
2: up to episode nine. You get their closure in episode yeah. nine, don't you? With them at, the, mm, of course, yeah. Them at the screening that Al already put on for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Because had the screening that was episode nine. Because you forget, yeah. So, but it I kind mean, of, of
2: it like kind of dies a, out of when course. Joe Colombo shot as well. Doesn't well, you kind mm. of get that stuff with Joe. You get that episode with Joe Gallo, basically, but. Turning up the heat, don't you? In episode seven, and then it's like, boom. Oh no, not even episode seven. Episode eight. It's like I think it's it eight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the heat's put on Al Ruddy. Give me the money, and like that's kind of dealt with in one episode. Boom! Like he's put the heat on. Don't worry, he's done with.
0: Yeah, exactly. If have kind of
1: like it's not forgotten, but then you think, oh yeah big chunk of the show This about the mob and that's you can do your impression it's the last time but yeah fuck that guy yeah I mean you forget all like that was going on as well I mean some of that was that stuff did make but I think I can forgive that I don't think it was deaf but it was the fact that a lot of that was about them the mob saying we are we don't like the stereotypes of us being mobsters and then beating the shit out of someone and talking exactly like the mobsters <laughs> from The Simpsons. So, but, yeah, but that was fine. I, that's what it was. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know, I, I know that they never would have done it because I think there's so much story to tell in this, with this, that, like, well, let's be honest, it's probably, what, about... Nine hours in total, because not all episodes clock in yes. an hour long. So it's probably yeah, close to nine hours of, of, of series here. And it's that that thing of like, like, it could have it could have easily been like a a thirteen episode season. Do you know what I mean? If you're gonna if you've got one, ah. if you've got one chance to do it, just do it. Just just give it that little bit more breathing room, and kind of. I don't know, and I think sometimes it got a bit. I and I guess it it possibly is because it is the story, like that. Al Ruddy knows is a lot of his dealings probably were with the mob and like the kind of politics angle of like getting a film made. Whereas, like, I don't know. I I think for me personally, and you know, that's why I'm very hopeful that we'll get like in other mediums whether it's films or television we'll get this story told again but from different perspectives we'll hopefully get the francis ford coppola like story as we've mentioned before like the barry levinson film hopefully we get hopefully we get that hopefully we get something that is like about how much of a struggle it was for him for instance or kind of i don't
0: know Cause it's, it's, yeah because it's absolutely
1: right for this version of it, the fun version, but it's absolutely right for. I a, a, a quite happily watch a, a serious because it, it it could easily be a serious drama, mm-hmm. a prestige show. because well, there is so much in it, like
2: there is massive yeah, things that are like left out of this. The fact that like, and if even if they wanted it to add to like the pressure that Coppola was under, is like. His wife was pregnant during the filming of The Godfather, and Sophia Coppola was born during the like during the shoot of The Godfather. And again, it could have made for like a really funny moment in a, in an episode. Is it? It's her who is the baby who gets christened at the end of The Godfather. Michael and Kay's son is 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 the baby they use is Sophia Coppola. And it's like why not add some of that kind of like do you know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of juicy like, stuff to add into the show.
1: And also, yeah, and also it is juicy stuff. And like you say, it is also would have been in keeping with the tone of the show. Yeah. Like you could quite easily now you, I can you could quite easily see that as being one of those one of those caper episodes you had where, my God, we've got to hear here where Francis has got to get, you know me. I mean? He kind of like, you, those kind of things got left out in favor of.
2: Would well, you, you never uh, really get any mention of the fact that he does have a family. Do you know what
1: I mean? Like, well, no, the, it, which again is, I think is the biggest issue with the show is I get possibly the reason people took against him, possibly it's not as because it is the ruddy story Mm -hmm. and it's very ruddy. Like he's the it 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 almost is like he worships himself, where he's always Al Ruddy is at the centre point of everything. He anything that goes right is somehow Al Ruddy, Mm -hmm. which is fine, but if the show had been Marketed or sold as the story of ruddy Do you know what I mean? So, it, I think that's the, its biggest problem. Is it's just from his point of view, and he's the only one involved. So, it is more of the Ruddy show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not sure why they couldn't have like optioned a book like "Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli" and like used that as like it's based on that, and then just been able to have told a more all round story, as opposed to like, I don't know. Is it? Is yeah, and it, like, it can- is it safe to say that like, is Al Roddy the most interesting person to follow in this show? I'm, I'm not quite convinced he is.
0: Well, I'm, I'm
2: abs-
1: He's not. He's just not. He. It, it's a strange thing because when you think back on the episodes, it's the first couple of episodes that is mm. not. It's almost like it, it shits the bed a bit and goes, well, let's just let's just do the already stuff. Because this, the setup of the first couple of episodes is exactly the show we're talking about now that we thought we wanted the show to be because we had a lot of Francis, we had a Puzo writing. You had Betty doing stuff. And then there was the setup because we saw Puzo straight away with his wife and that setup of we've got number, what are we going to do? So it kind of the Dexter Fletcher two episodes Kind of did set up that show, Mm -hmm. but then it slowly decided to become the Already show, which is a shame.
2: Well, let's, yeah, yeah. I think we focused on some of the negatives for maybe a bit too long. So let's talk about some of the positives. What are some of the moments in this show as a whole that you particularly enjoyed? And some of the, I don't know, whether it's tonal things or things that they got right and you kind of particularly enjoyed?
0: I mean, it's Bob in it. Yeah. They
1: absolutely smashed it with Bob Evans. Yeah. Like, whether that's down to I think and it's not this is not against right, but Matthew Good's performance is so good. Like every time he's on screen, it's electric. You're like, oh here he is, here's Bob. And that was the same but then saying that, that was the same in those early episodes with Francis and Mario. Yeah. Those scenes of those together were as well. Even in the whole chapter is still my favorite scenes because they were genuinely great, mm-hmm. really funny. You could the relationship between them was great. Yeah, I think
2: I think some yeah, of that comes down have... to the fact that like those two guys, like actors, yeah. like yeah, Patrick Gallo and Dan Fogler, like, lived together for a short period and stuff like that, and they kind
1: of embodied yeah, you could, those characters. You could, you could see, yeah, the chemistry there was, and it was—they were was properly funny, like really good. The, those those three performances, it in the, especially in the first couple of episodes, uh, Puzo, Francis, and Bob were great. Like I, I wish we'd had more of Mario Puzo,
0: As,
1: just even if he was just knocking about the set, yeah, yeah. every so often, yeah.
2: If they're gonna fabricate, just having a just have, just have yeah, him knocking just, about, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a is a shit because
1: not well, be negative again because it was not negative because I think he was brilliant. I wanted more of it. Yeah, and you could have easily that set up with the gang being the gang just have him about. It's,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So yeah, but yeah, those 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 first scenes with those the the two guys were brilliant. Like I could have, I could easily watch a series of just those two writing 100%. and eating. <laughs> bickering like that. kind of like yeah. you know like um, you know like Steve Coogan and Rob Wright the yeah. trip just yeah. those two just doing that it's going to restaurants you could have a better version of it where they're just making films only, but their versions of it just discussing them but it could be it like I'd love it you could
2: have three seasons of just like like the first one is just a whole like <laughs> let's not go crazy, six episodes of writing of The Godfather, writing of The Godfather Part 2, and writing of The Godfather Part 3. Ah, just those two guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just them in a room. What would be even better is do the first two seasons, do one, like, say, 2023, the next one, 2025, and then wait. Have a big old gap before you get to that third season. Like, like the gap between. Yeah. yeah. Got you know what I mean? Like, oh, are we going to get that third season? Boom, we get it when they're both like age appropriate. Love it. Yeah. Like, ha, ha, have some of that. Yeah. Uh, put, put some of that in your Absolutely. pipe.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. With occasional foam ca- cameos. You know.
2: Yeah, or Bob on the phone. In. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. get, like called in but from yeah, that...
2: Bob Evans's office. Yes, please.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. But yeah, those two and that stuff was absolutely great. Those first two episodes actually are really good setups for the show
0: because
1: <laughs> you're in. Whether that's down to Dexter Fletcher because he he did set the tone for it with his. Like we've used the word quite a lot for the ten episodes, but the some episodes. Are just so breezy and fun and like a caper. It was just fun.
2: Yeah. So yeah. You, you mentioned Matthew Good as Bob Evans. I think he very much steals the show a lot of the time. And I think like some yeah. of that is down to the fact that he gets to play possibly like the most gregarious and kind of out there character in this. That like it's really hard not to kind of do you know what I mean, like is st- still a scene if you're playing that character, right?
0: Yeah. Like, I, you could argue that,
1: like, although it's the ready show, you could argue that it was, there was as much interest in, in Bob Evans as they were ready because he had the, although it was the ready show, his arc of such wasn't a lot because he have been off the Francois stuff. He just went, he did some good stuff, did well. Good boy, buddy. Whereas Bob Evans had proper storylines and had proper emotional scenes and proper stuff going on. And so, yeah, you, I mean, again, I would have quite had... I mean, so you sign him up again, get him a show, Matthew Good as Bob Evans, unless I have a version of the kids... Stay in the picture as a series because I could watch him play Bob Evans forever. Yeah. He is just so good.
2: Yeah. I would, I would even go to a live event, which is like builders like a night with Bob Evans, but it's just Matt, it's Uh Matthew Good. Do you know what I mean? Kind of
1: just. Just stalking the stage and telling yeah. stories oh, do you know what I mean like
2: uh, uh, there was this one time i was with like elizabeth taylor like that kind of thing and like yeah, yeah. matthew good telling like the kind of or just him doing readings of like like yeah, yeah just kind of passages from the kid stays in the picture do you know what i mean like it's probably the next best thing to Bob Evans obviously yes. reading the audiobook for that. It's probably even better because he's probably not as like kind of frazzled on cocaine as like Bob Evans was at that point when he that book came out.
1: As long as if he's doing the reading, he occasionally loses his temper with someone.
0: <laughs> just so we can
1: just loses it. Because Bob, when he loses it, is a thing to behold. It was lovely stuff.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Any other kind of standout stuff, and uh, like I kind of feel like oh, yes. I kind of try and dro- like push for this because I feel like yeah, we spent a lot of time being negative. <laughs> right.
1: Like, uh Juno Temple, brilliant Betty. That cat was great. Juno Temple is in the like as we've said again. We are the fan club. She's just brilliant all the time, and she's great in this. She is using the the line again, but she's the ruddy's rudder but keeps that on track and she's kind of our in as well Mm -hmm. she's manages that and the show manages to with her those ex apart from the one we mentioned but those exposition dumps just to let people in who are not don't know the godfather as much as other people she's our in
0: Mm
1: -hmm. she occasionally say something you'll go
2: Oh well, yeah! Kind of yeah. course, it's that. Uh, yeah, I, and I think I particularly love that. one was pulled off so well. I particularly love that one in C- talk about the exposition dumps, or just kind of like because there is an element of kind of rewriting history to make women like more of a focal point in this story, which I I think is commendable and like kind of because I imagine the making of the Godfather was very much like a kind of sausage fest, like to most parts but like i particularly love that ep- uh, that that scene in episode two between betty mccart and andrea eastman played by um stephanie koenig as they're driving around on the golf cart around the paramount lot mm. and kind of talking about their positions in like uh, the filmmaking business and kind of how andrea eastman became like the head of casting and stuff like that. I thought like that was great. And like not just like that conversation, but the way that that, that sh- like that yeah, that scene is put together with the kind of like a lot of like set design and like stuff going on in the background. It's like,
1: like centurions walking past in yeah. the background, which were obviously coming from another film. And, yeah, it was great. That and they did there was some 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 episodes of some real visual footage and that's one thing. Uh, one of the major positives were how fucking good the sets were. Mm-hmm. Like the reproductions of some of the the big scenes were, yeah, the. They were spot on, and it, it's that stuff that drew you into. Fuck! It is the Godfather, and I don't think. And they, it, they, it, they had,
2: I don't think it looked bad as well in regards to making it look like the 70s. Like, it kind of had that kind of nah. haze to it. Yeah. Kind of like...
1: Well, this is what, yeah, and that, that's why I've said, I've said it before, but they... it also felt like, in those episodes, like a 70s caper film. Like, it did feel like the Ocean's films when they were running back and forth to places, and remember, like, um, it's a mad, 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 mad world yeah, yeah. You cast the characters, the gang, and they have to go, Oh my god, you've got to get here, and they're off. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that stuff was really good. Because that if that tone all the way through was just that was the fun stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And like and
1: it did work as like one of those 70s films or 60s, 70s, but you know what I mean? That kind of vibe and that stuff worked really well for me. It's the the the, the bits I had the most fun with. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I particularly love i don't know why i really like this sequence kind of like springs out to me is is that that sequence of bob evans going to that party like it kind of felt like kind of really throwaway, but kind of really set the tone of who bob evans was as a character and like i don't know yeah Mm -hmm. i I do think there's a massive hats off to dexter fletcher for kind of setting the tone for this series and kind of like i don't know there's almost like a thing of me like, like i know probably scheduling conflicts or whatever couldn't have done the whole 10 episodes but i would have loved to have seen him kind of helm the whole thing and that's, not, He's that's not i that's not that that obviously sounds like i'm like putting all the other directors down because i think they did great like i think adam arkin particularly did a great job of kind of what he directs episodes 3, 4 and 9 and 10 like did a great job like and I think like and I know that TV a lot of the time as well is like a writer's medium do you know what I mean and it's like yeah, it does yeah kind of like at times it does feel like their their hand was pulled to the direction of keeping it ruddy centric but like
1: yeah and we did say there was like I can't remember. I think it was like, it was episode five, maybe. Which And that's, and they, like, again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with it, but it was very pedestrian episode of TV, like a bottle episode. Like, this is what's happening before we move on,
0: mm-hmm. which yeah, yeah
2: it was like fine for s- those. Setting up the parts of everything. Yeah. Like, let's, let's kind of set up all the, move on to the pieces, next phase. And then boom, they're all falling to yeah the next episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was very much the case. And when yeah, and when those episodes that episode happened, you're a bit like, Ugh, because those original episodes were so funny. And they are the funniest episodes. Those those first couple because of the Poozo stuff and that. And so Light like, and Breezy. And yeah. Those but yeah, that's Dexter Fletcher because that's what he does. But yeah, I, yeah. That stuff was great. And like we said, the way they did another like the way they Cleverly gave us the key scenes we were looking for. Didn't do reenactment of them, which I think was pretty much a masterstroke for this series because it could have broken this they have, if yeah, they
2: would yeah, got yeah, that
1: wrong. Could have massively shit. If you had, yeah, we could have got. It, it could easily be the thing where I went, oh no, because if you don't buy in, if I, I. I it's only me personally but I didn't buy into Pacino but then to see him doing a reenactment of a golf obviously it didn't work for me I would have checked out I mean uh, Mm -hmm. nah but it that is that was a master so having the through watch the scenes Mm -hmm. which they did most of the times which was great and I loved those bits because again really fun watching their reactions to things
2: well and it lets your kind of it lets your imagination like kind of fill in the gaps, and it's kind of like kind of storytelling 101, you know, isn't
1: it? Like, yeah, because we 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 know the scene and um, we love the scene, we don't need to see a reenactment of it.
2: And you've got to imagine do the, you know I mean? the one that they're filming is the take, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, exactly, yeah, like yeah. Michael, Michael at the dinner with uh Sollozzo and McCluskey, it's like we're not seeing. Take one, we're seeing the one way nails it, and like, yes, I think that that is probably one of the standout moments for Anthony Polito in it is like that kind of, and it's, it's it's something that's quite difficult as an actor is that kind of, in that moment he does embody Al Pacino when he kind of has that intensity in that scene, and like Charlie Blue Don tries to approach him, and like he looks really threatening. It's like. That is a moment when you go, oh, okay. And then I think that's where the the show kind of drops the ball, is like Anthony Polito doesn't really get much to do after that point. He's kind of just tagging along for the Sicily stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that was my issue with him. It wasn't him. Maybe it was the writing of him. Because we did say in that episode, and I, I, I did reverse, but I did say I get it now because we we were supposed to believe he was nervous and he, and then in that moment he was supposed to like come alive and he go fuck that's the cappuccino." but I think it wasn't done I don't think it was written as well as it could have been yeah because he spent too we had too much time of him doing the the head to the side and the and I'm a little bit nervous and I don't know what to do and you're like oh, fucking hell mate
2: I'm not a starving artist but I'm a starving
1: yeah. We, I would have had one scene of that to establish the fact that, yeah, he's not the Al Pacino we know now, right? And then build up to going, oh, I see what's happening here. But he didn't. He went from, oh, I'm so sad, to all of a sudden Al Pacino. You're like, mm, I didn't buy you enough then.
2: Well, I think whatever we say on the matter, the only thing that really counts is the fact that Al Pacino has watched the show. And he enjoys, yeah. he enjoys Anthony Polito as him. So, so yeah. what do we know? <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, but no, it, I don't, that's what I mean. I don't think he was bad. I think at all. I just think maybe yeah, it was. wasn't written as well as it could have been. Shall we? But yeah, but back to a positive. I, I will never not find the whole Brando stuff and brilliant
0: because
1: I love the fact that they just used him and it is genius that they use him as like even on the set he was like some mythical creature that lived on the set who just appeared occasionally like Nosferatu just glided and came up with some monologue about anything yeah yeah absolutely brilliant and that is exactly what that's another scene that was great because again, it was funny and probably, you know. But the setup of Brando was fucking brilliant. With,
2: it's with,
1: one of my favorites. It was when they when we first meet him. It was great. Yeah. yeah it yeah. just the way it was set up. Him in the in the shadows almost.
2: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, was great. And I think Justin Chambers does a really good, really good job of playing yeah. Brando. Like it's kind of that's got to be. A, a real tough task for any oh, actor you've got to play like what many people consider one of the best to ever do it
1: and- yeah and what I and what I liked about it was he played it exactly and I'm sure it, it, it would, I'm sure it was on purpose I'm sure it was he played it exactly like I wanted Marlon Brando to be he didn't even he, there was no fucking about it wasn't like no what I'm going to do is make him more huge No. He was the Brando I wanted him to be in this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He just was fucking weird and out there and, yeah. And, I and he think, never, I think you never think, really dropped Brando.
2: I think using him sparingly in the show was a kind of a, a good move. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like, I wish I'd seen more of like the other actors, but I think like the kind of the pepperings of Brando we got kind of added to that like elusive nature of who Marlon Brando well, was, especially at that time. Like, do you know what I mean? He kinda of floating, yeah, floating out and kind of Yeah, he wasn't there for like he, he wouldn't he and and you, you don't imagine he would have been knocking about with them for a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't he hmm. really didn't care about like he was probably back to being in a robe at home. Like
1: yeah, but I love the fact that once he was on set, you know, it was, you never really, apart from the, the closing part, you never really saw him off set. He would just, yeah, like I say, float in and say something, and yeah, I yeah, the the use of Brando is brilliant, and there's a bit a profile shot of Brando, um, and he it's pretty astonishing how much he looks like him.
2: Yeah, old, um yeah old Justin Chambers, obviously.
1: Justin Chambers, yeah.
2: Yeah, your, your, your missus is more, 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 more. Uh, knows nosing more for Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, right? Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grey's
1: Anatomy. We're, yeah. still, we're still watching Grey's. Well, I'm not, but Kylie's still watching Grey's Anatomy because it turns out I think there's 400 series. <laughs> it's yeah it's been it's been going on a while i don't even know if he's still here. i assume so but uh, but yeah he was great in it. loved him as brando
2: perfect perfect well shall we talk about our top five characters and how, how do we want to do this so we want to go from we want to hash out who is number five and work our way down to number one or yeah, know. can do. yeah Okay, so should
1: we? You, you've you've ranked them in order, now, have you?
2: I have no. I haven't written down anything. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, this is going to be a discussion okay. live on air for the listeners to, to hear us kind of work this out. So let's kind of talk about who's in the running, and then sh- should we do that? So h- h- okay. h- who, who 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 do you feel? Let's pick five. Yeah, let you pick five. Oh, and then, okay, and th- and, th- and then we'll kind of. I'll, I'll I'll come back with anyone we've missed.
1: Okay, my five characters I'm going on the for, like I could see more of, and I enjoy them, so
0: I'm going to go Betty, Francis. Who knows? No one it is Betty, Francis, Mario. Charlie Bob Okay so, Yeah Okay yeah
2: So what do we feel about Joe Colombo? Are we are we are we happy with all the Joe Colombo we got in this this show?
1: Yeah, there was a, there was enough Joe Colombo for me.
2: And uh not to spoil uh, yeah, obviously people might have googled Joe Colombo when he got shot. He never recovered from that coma. So, if we got, if we, if 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 yeah, if we went further with Joe Colombo,
0: yeah, I don't
2: think he, I don't think he, I think, I think Giovanni Ribisi as Joe Colombo is fun in this show. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he oh,
1: was great. Yeah, he yeah, was great. It, it, like we, have had a laugh. We've we've had a laugh at <laughs> this character, but he was great.
2: Yeah, I think I think you've picked a decent. What about oh, what about what about Barry Lapidus? It, it, like as not as like who you'd want to see more of, but in in the fact of like Colin Hanks's performance, even though, I don't know. uh, I'm saying this. I'm not sure if he reaches top five just because his character very much at times felt like a, I don't like a device for the show, but we need an antagonist or we need somebody to help like push. I think that
1: was the, yeah, that was, he was another one of suffered of, suffered with, being there to push forward an idea and then well, then in one episode going, shit, we need to do something with him. Let's give him... And then all of a sudden, he, he virtually changed character in a scene. Okay. You know I mean, there, was, there wasn't much of a I'm using the word again, but there wasn't much of an arc for him. He just went, no bed, no bed, no bed. Oh, actually, you're all right. That was it. There was no gradual... Story with him, so he was great. He played. He was. He gave good dickhead. <laughs> I don't think, or this, you know.
2: And Caesar's not, 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 not knocking into this top five, is he? No, no.
1: Nah. He's he again. He was pretty two dimensional when he was just. <laughs> yeah,
2: Jake Caravale, a priest. He, yeah,
1: great. He did. He did, what he did, but he was. He was play. He didn't have much to. He was a stereotypical. Guba.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: yeah 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 which is
1: so, fine he was good it, he did what he did it was great but it, I, yeah he does not have much more much substance to him
2: so let's reiterate this this top five th- 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 these five and then we'll work out in which order in which ranking they go yeah as we've both said as you said i think we know what number one is but like Let's let's put that aside for one second. Who who are the five people we have got down on this list, and then we'll
0: figure it out.
1: So we go. We say Betty,
0: Mario. Charlie. Yep, Mario, Francis, Bob. Yeah.
2: So no Ruddy as well. So we. Oh
0: shit! I forgot Ruddy. <laughs> no, I've seen enough it's <laughs>
1: fine. Yeah, no. Um, again, it was all. Miles My, Taylor was really good in this, actually. I did like Miles Taylor as really. And I think he had some great moments. And he didn't. Considering it was. We've said it was all already. He didn't have many. Like, he didn't. There was no showboing from him. He didn't have any massive, showy moments. Whereas. he did charlie did they had these but uh he was really good at it but because of how this series panned out and how ready centric it was i think i've seen enough of it i know what i need to know about already,
2: okay okay so let's yeah. let's get into it. I, I i i agree with that i agree that like Stiller does a bang up job but yeah like in regards to yeah let's frame this as who would like to see more of and the fact that this isn't us saying he's a bad character it's us saying these are our five favorites and i think i've, I've got to agree with you on this yeah obviously litigated could there be anyone else but I don't think the can. Not even not even Fra- what about Franks and Archery. He's not he's not he's not breaking the top five, oh, is it? <laughs> I did
1: enjoy I did enjoy Frank beyond Oh and we forgot Francois. Um but yeah, no, I won't do that five.
2: Okay, so let's let let's litigate number five. So who yeah, who's who's bottom of the pile? I think I've got a name that's that's springing to
0: mind, but let, let, let's let's hear what you think. Part of me wants to say
1: Mario, but only because we didn't see a lot of him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, he was a great character, but we didn't, he's only really in, what, four episodes in total? He's in the first three or four, and then he only appears in the briefly again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, which is great, because he made an impact, and he was great, but I probably would, just because of his screen time and what we saw of him, he probably would on five. So but I do feel bad about it because he is fucking great. Yeah,
2: yeah, Friends of the po- friend of the podcast, Patrick Gans. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. friend um, of the pod,
2: friend of the pod. Uh, so yeah, um, that's not the name I had in my mind. My, my, I don't know why the name I had in my mind was Charlie Blue Don, and that's not like. Um. Uh, that's not because I did like dislike the character like, because I don't dislike any of these characters. It's kind no. of picking your, f- like trying kind to of trying to rank your five children. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, um, oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I think you're, kind I of, could, I could do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Your rationale, but the fact that we didn't see much of him does that. Like, I don't know. Did you want to see more of that? Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: you do want to see, yeah. I think what I mean is, I did want to see more of him. I do want to see more of him. I quietly watched series upon series of him, but because he was only in those couple of episodes, he had did have some standout scenes. Weighing it up, I think other characters had more bigger standout scenes yeah. that I could pick from the whole show and go, Oh, but that bit with Charlie, that bit with mean, mm-hmm. where's Mario had those. Great moments in those couple of episodes with him and Francis. Cool. And they were great. They are my favourite moments in the show. But I just think he, there, there wasn't enough of him as a character compared to some of the others.
2: So let's lock him in at number yeah. five and then move on to number four. So oh. let's...
0: You can call number four. I'll call number let's four. Let's see. let's say... Yeah. Uh... Charlie
2: Blue Dawn at number four.
1: Yeah, that's fair. i go along with that because, again, he's great and he had some absolute, absolute zingers. But it's like, he didn't. He didn't. He had his moments where he would, you know, we got a bit of his character, but he's mainly there because he's such a good performance and of the zingers.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Burn Gorman kind of like, you can see him like, do you know what I mean? I'm surprised there was any set left, the amount of scenery it was chewing.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he, you could see was having an absolute way they were saying.
2: Yeah. And it's like, and they give him, they give him some moments, like, do you know what I mean? They kind of give him some little, like, kind of heartfelt and tender moments, and I thought they were pretty fun. And some, yeah,
1: and he has some, there's some levity to him, like, yes, again, he does have these. What I liked about him as well, but, his moments where you go just for that minute, you go, "Oh, he's gonna do a, um, he'll finish it by saying something very Charlie brutal." You go, "All right, there he is." So you be all serious and then say something terrible to the yeah. You go, "Yeah, that's what." Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So number three, who are we saying for number three? So we've Betty,
1: got Betty. I, I, I go Betty. Because oh, I don't know, mind. Is, is it bad to say Francis? Because it's Francis Ford Coppola I don't know.
2: I don't. I don't think so. Obviously, I have a friend of the podcast, Dan Fogler. But yeah, this is not. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not on the actors. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking with you. No, no, answer. I'm just saying. No, I'm
1: just saying. With between it, it's not. But again, I think it's because. Well no,
0: I think that the way that yeah. the show
2: paints it out is that Betty McCart is somewhat like the backbone of this show in a way. Yeah. Like she really is. And I I, I like I, I do I do think like and again, like every time she was on screen, she kind of radiated and it was like a joy to watch. So I mm. I, I, I would be kind of hard pressed to put her at number two. Because, like, I think, yeah, I well, I think people are already figuring out what the kind of top three is here. Are we yeah. going with Francis at three? Is there our, our
1: yeah? I think there? Francis three. Yeah, it just because, like as you said, Betty in this show is our was our in, and I think it would be a bit of a miss not to have her as. But as we can, I think we're both on the same page with number one. They're almost like a Betty and who might be number one are almost a mirror of each other because she is our in Betty, whereas the other person is just not our in, but fucking brilliant.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so let's use this. Obviously, our number three is France Ford Copeland. So I think I was I think Dan Fogler like did a phenomenal job. Not not just the fact that he looked like Franz Ford coppola but like very much tapped into like with the kind of I don't know, somewhat at times limited, like obviously didn't get like yeah, a chance to explore some of the complexities and depth that, of emotion that Francis may have felt during the making of that of the making of The Godfather, but I think he does an yeah. amazing job with
1: it. 100%. And I think it would have been quite easy for this show also to do, because you look like Francis Ford Coppola, just be Francis Ford Coppola on set. But he's not. He's genuinely funny. And the moments where he, that spark of like his, you can see he's a perfectionist and that stuff he that's absolutely true. nails as well. Yeah, he nails it. And that's a real Yeah, this is why Dan Foger actually smashed it because it's quite a tough balance in that. In the fact that you're doing a version of someone which could quite easily slip into just an impression, but also still manage to be really fucking funny. Like he is he, the, mm-hmm. the, his delivery of some minds is so good. But also, still, you still absolutely believe it's Francis—not a parody of him. You absolutely believe in those moments where he is deadly serious. That he's deadly serious, yeah. he and I think it's on. a real, a, yeah, yeah it's does. a hard balance to act and He absolutely smashes it.
2: Whether he's annoyed, upset, do you know what I mean? Like he kind of, he kind of really gets to like. I don't. He gets a nice gamut of emotions, and I think like there's moments when he gets to be like our way in and our like portrays moments of wonder i think there's that scene like where they're walking around the compound where they're potentially going to film like the corleone house and the wedding and stuff like that. And, like that that was a moment that really stood out to me and i particularly like really loved was watching that stuff and like him kind of being like yeah i'll weigh in like and the enthusiasm, like you can't deny those moments between him and Mario in those early episodes, and just like I don't know, yeah, just 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 the stuff he gets to yeah. doing it—it's so great.
1: Yeah, and him and Mario, him and so Dan Floga and they deserve their place in the top five just for their exchange of all the sandwiches and stuff when they were living together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, and the was that smell stuff. <laughs> properly funny and those and moments like, of so- them
2: like breaking moments in the script as well like them having those conversations mm. like the one that stands out to me is when they're talking about the salotso like shooting and like dan fogler's like standing there going like yeah and we hold we hold we hold and when you think you should do it he holds on for it and then it drops and then like it kind of the tension's broken but, like mario like well can you say all of that again?
0: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, say all
1: that again, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. Yeah. So the Francis easily number three and it's uh it judge said. But yeah, he great. Absolutely superb.
2: So Betty McCart at number two.
0: And
2: yeah, as we said, it's because she kind of is like the background and at any time her character is on screen it kind of and I think it's very much down to Juno Temple just kind of lights up the scene, right? She kind of...
0: Any,
1: any scene she's in, no matter what she's doing, and this goes for other shows as well with Juno Temple, but in this one's particularly, she nails it. Like, a standout for me with her was when she went to see um, Joe Colombo. That scene—it's a lot of. There was a lot of. It sounds really
0: cliché but there was a lot of eye acting because
1: she was stance wise in that. She was absolutely like, "I'm strong. I'm just gonna walk in there." But her face was telling a different story. Mm-hmm. And is that kind of stuff that she does so well? Where it wasn't. It wasn't, again, it wasn't a showy moment where we had to have like a speech. I'm actually terrified. Of course, everything you need to know was just in her without saying a word. Yeah. Which, again, is fucking great. But then when she needs to be really funny, really funny, and she she played Piss really well when the the Lapina stuff was really funny. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, she's just great, isn't she?
2: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. I said with with the with the president and yeah. co president of the uh, yeah. Juno Temple fan club right here. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. great. So let's get to number one on this list, and who would have believed it? It is unbelievable. Bob Ever,
0: Francois. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it, it had to be the it? because. Yeah. The absolute MVP of the show. Like, every time he did not, Matuka did not have a deaf moment. And, like, as we've said many times, every time he's on screen, like, oh, here's my boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, I,
1: yeah, he's just great.
2: I love that there's multiple episodes as well where he's kind of like, comes in to like he gets some of like the biggest like speeches and i think like his testament on on this show he's probably like the most like on this podcast he's the most clipped out person i have probably like yeah I, I clipped out and probably like the times so i've been like you know what i'm gonna put a whole three minute speech as a clip because it's just like a masterclass in kind of
0: performance
1: and
2: acting.
1: And it seems to be, I think, maybe the reason he's still, obviously he's brilliant, but he seems to be the character, and Matthew Good seems to be the one, not, as you find out, for someone who's in every episode, because some of them are not, the one who's in every episode, who absolutely gets what the show is. Mm -hmm. Because he is, I mean, it's, it's a big old performance. It's fucking, in part, it is nuts. But he can dial it down when he needs to. And I think there's an argument
2: that if the show was, like, from the perspective of Bob Evans, this tone works more? Yeah.
0: Do you
2: know what I mean? Yeah. If it's more, if it's, like, if it's a show about, like, the playboy life of Bob Evans Mm -hmm. and kind of him as a producer, And then, yeah, we get these asides to what Al Ruddy's doing and stuff like that. It's, And I could only imagine that if they were planning this show, Bob Evans was still with us, he probably would have been the first person they would have went to.
1: Yeah, I I do think, and this is nothing against Al Ruddy, but you could sense sometimes that they definitely were more interested in Bob Evans. Because, as we said, Al Ruddy, it's from the stories of Al Ruddy, but his character doesn't really do any... It doesn't change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's just there all the time, putting things in motion and going, and I did a great job. Whereas he, Bob Evans, and I think you're 100% right in saying that, he would have been the go-to for the show because they're clearly interested in Bob Evans. Because they give him the scenes where and he's he's brilliant, the scenes when he's a broken man, and it talking about I acted again. Like he is so massive, and that's those qui- those quiet moments, that moment when he realizes it's all gone tits. Matthew Good is so good because he dials it right down. I think, yeah, I think possibly. You're right in saying that this may have been a more bob evans show had they maybe got more input or rights to say i don't know but they're definitely interested in the bob evans character
2: well, yeah i think the fact that he's like he's not alive like imagine yeah he, he definitely talks mm-hmm. about like the making off the godfather and the kid stays in the picture but that's going to be like a couple of chapters in a book, whereas like they've got Al Roddy on tap to kind of have all these conversations with him. Had Bob Evans been alive? Cause you can imagine that France Ford Coppola was probably approached and they were like, he was probably like, nah, do you know what I mean? Like <clears throat> I'm not really into that or whatever. Like, and like Al Roddy was the guy who said yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like,
1: <clears throat> yeah. I think, like you said, I think, Al, yeah, Al Reddy was the guy who said yes, so obviously we had. And there was occasions where it's a bit like Al Reddy's bullet points of his life. You've got to mention this. You've got to mention this. Oh, yeah, don't forget I did this. Because it was, and I had a girlfriend on set once. Like, <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? That kind of stuff where you're going, why is that even there? But I suppose it's what Al Ruddy said.
0: Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't think Bob Evans was far from you smearing me.
1: Mm-hmm. But you do have the potential to be, because it's such a big performance, and I think maybe if you had all about Bob Evans and just the Bob Evans version, you do have the potential to go in, fucking, all right. Chill out. Calm it down a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I have mean? I've... I've I love Bob Evans, but he's in the room shouting again. But it's used so well. So when he does do those big speeches, like that, that scene when he bursts into the boardroom meeting could have easily been a disaster. Because it did it, it just about tears on the line of people standing up and putting their hands on their chest. And <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it just works because I bought it. I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. But I think if you Potentially, like I say, if potentially you do have the chance of it being too much. But it wasn't, it was was fucking great when it yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, that leads us on, like, I think perfectly to kind of closing part of this episode I wanted to dive into. It's all about like if there were a potential second series or an ongoing series. were to spawn off of this whether it be a kind of direct sequel to this or a spin-off show is where would we like to see that go so let's start with you will where would you like to who would you like to follow for a second series or a kind of a multi-series arc if you like
1: with this show i think if it was to follow so this it was I suppose there's two ways you could go with this kind of thing. It's like we've said before, this, you follow again, you just, obviously you want more Bob Evans. I want more Bob Evans. Maybe focus on something else Bob Evans did, was involved in, that kind of thing. Or you totally just go, right, we've done The Godfather, we do a similar film thing with a different film and have none of the characters. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So this the American horror story kind of vibe where you have, the key players. They could even play. You could use your actors and <laughs> put them in and play someone else. But yeah, I happily see Matthew Good play Bob Evans forever. And like I said, I would happily watch Mario Puzo and Francis Ford bang out the screenplay for Godfather Part Two. So, well, if, yeah, if, they...
2: <sighs> if there were a, if there were a Matthew Good playing Bob Evans series. Is there any particular films you would like to see them tackle?
0: So what did he do straight after?
2: Chinatown.
0: We did.
1: We. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, the problem is with Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of an elephant. There's a little bit of an elephant in the room yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but yeah, maybe. But, I mean, it'd be interesting because you'd have to you'd have to have Jack Nicholson and you'd have to have, but obviously, yeah, I'm you'd not have, sure how yeah, that would work. Have,
2: you'd, have, you'd have a Polish elephant in the room, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, you would a little bit, yeah. So, you may be not a child, but I mean, fuck it, I, anything, I think that is so good. I'd happily watch anything. But if they, if we're doing American Horror Story style spin-off, we just put the other people fucking jaws would be a treat, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would be yeah. good. That be good. would be good. So, yeah let let me run you through a few Bob Evans, uh, produced films to see if anything tickles your pickle. Uh, stuff that he went on to do after the Godfather. So, Chinatown, Marathon Man, Black Sunday, Players, Urban Cowboy, Popeye, The Cotton Club. Two Jakes, Silver, Jade, the Phantom, the Saint, the Out of Towners, and how to lose a guy in ten days.
0: <laughs> you see the Jade?
2: Yeah,
1: that's a fucking odd film. That is. That would make for interesting. You ever seen Jade?
2: No, William Friedkin film from nineteen ninety. Yeah,
1: it's fucking bonkers is that you need to that's one and um, what was the one before Slid that. No, uh, what
2: was the oh one? Uh, yeah it
1: was yeah. Sharon yes are you going through a little bit of an erotic thriller phase <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> well, I think
2: that's more of a 90s thing isn't it it's kind of well, like well yeah, Bob yeah those... jumping on what, what was the thing
1: that's it I've decided I want ten episodes on both of those.
2: Well and I think both of those as well would be you would get some Joe Esther House in there. Because he Perfect. he wrote the screen sliver.
1: Oh yes please Friedkin Esther <laughs> Evans Stone. Oh and I, who's in them. Um, oh what's his name? In Jade, the actor it is... Either way, that's what I want. I've decided.
2: You want Jade. So, wow, oh, David Caruso.
1: That's the one. Lovely yeah, stuff. You got, oh, Thank David you, David Caruso. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. And I want them to do exactly the same model as they did. I don't want reenactments, because you definitely don't want reenactments of these, but I want the reactions to them watching some of the scenes in Jade being filth. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen the film,
0: check it out.
2: I will do it at some point. I'm a I'm a freaking yeah. fan. Um,
1: uh, it's not its best work, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my decision. I've made a decision.
2: So you want a Bob Evans
1: series? It. Yep. Bob Evans, Bob Evans, Slither, Sliver, and uh, Jade.
2: Okay. 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 Would you not want? Would you not want a direct sequel, The Making of The Godfather Part 2?
1: Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I do. Of course, yeah, of course. you'd. I'd love to see these guys back and doing the... Yeah. See, I, don't, I won't happen, but it would be nice to see because I think it would make for interesting, And um, we would get to see... Because there is certain things setting up with the relationships in the series. And as you said, you know more about it than me, but things did get but maybe because of this series the caper wise, maybe Godfather 2 was a bit more plain sailing than this
2: yeah but I think there were some kind of like there were some points to it like Mm -hmm. I know that there was some difficulty with like test screenings of the film like there -hmm. were certain things where people were confused I think like there was to do with like the cutting like there was a yeah some early cuts of the film with in regards to like the back and forth and people were a bit confused and then they kind of they really worked it out and i think pacino was a bit of a diva with number two like demanded like a lot of money to do number two so like i guess it probably does have its does have its Mm -hmm. dramas they're just not as kind of spoken about because it's not that whole mob element. And it's not this kind of, there's an aspect of it where it's, I don't know. It's not this kind of underdog story of, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not from people approving himself and all these people like, yeah, it's not Al Pacino kind of making a name for himself and, all of these people kind of doing a big thing. It's them. I don't know. And I, 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 I do think there is there's definitely probably is tension to be had because it is that that second album syndrome, right? In regards to like we've made this first one, and and the fact that it's even more of like a hero story because that is the one where it won the best picture. And It kind of like swept up a bit at the Academy Awards and stuff like that. It was like best screenplay, best like score, and stuff like that. Like, it really, yeah, it really kind of. I suppose if they
1: did, there's more scope for not obviously not being the Ruddy show.
2: Uh huh. Yeah, he's not in it at all. Yeah, yeah, he would be in it
1: exactly. So, you've got you would have more focus on the people we want to focus on. So, yeah.
0: 100%.
1: Godfather 2, then Jaden Sliver.
0: Okay,
2: okay. If there were a particular Francis Ford Coppola uh, film that you would like to see, given this treatment,
0: what film would it be? Hmm.
1: See that again? I suppose it, for something like this, you need there to be the tensions. Like I don't know enough about they're great films, but I don't know enough about the, the story or the the production of them. So, like, do you know what I mean? So, like, I there's great films, but they're just great films. Would they necessarily make a great ten part series? Probably not. So there, I don't know.
2: There's an easy one for Francis Ford Coppola could make a very interesting ten-part series.
0: Most oh,
1: uh, Yeah, that one. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I I completely forgotten about that. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Apocalypse Now. I, I, but it I, you'd probably fucking that'd be a wild ride, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There'd be that. You
1: can get him back to play Marlon. Mm. There's that heart attacks.
2: Yeah. There's a couple. There's a cut. I think there's a there's a few in Francis's kind of filmography. I think. Yeah, Apocalypse Now is the easy one. I think a film that is not not well regarded as many of his uh, yeah as other uh, others of his film. I think the kind of the story around it and the kind of the problems it faced. There's a film called One from the Heart, which was when he opened, he, he opened Zoetrope Studios. And it was because of that film that that all came to, like, fail. And, like, the way he was making that film, he was basically directing from inside a camper van a lot of the time and recreated, like, the Las Vegas strip on a soundstage. Just sounded, sounds absolutely mental. So it would be, like, interesting to see how that film got put together. And another one would be The Cotton Club, just because it is a film that is produced by Bob Evans as well. And there was a big, big, big... Dispute between him and Francis Ford Coppola, where it ended with them in court over who had control over the film. So, nice. not only would it be like the drama of making that film, there would also be a courtroom drama aspect to that show as well. Yeah. Francis versus Bob, like
1: <laughs> I think. And if you're part... gonna, I actually I'd be fully on board with that. Especially if you had the artistic license to just go nuts about the courtroom.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Just let Bob do his thing in the courtroom.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for this <laughs> series. Representing represent. himself. <laughs> exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'd love... Accent. Yeah, that's what I want now. <laughs> just Bob representing himself. Yeah. It's a good show. And I
2: think if I... It, I've said it before but if there were to be a Bob Evans series called like The Kid Stays in the Picture we could we we could get multiple films we could get a film per series one I would particularly love to see and have recounted some of the stories from it on this this dear podcast here is um the making of Popeye because that sounds like an absolute fucking Nightmare and wonderful time at the same time. So yeah, I'd love to see the the making of Robert Altman's up. Oh, it would be would be fantastic. I'd be up for that. Lovely,
0: because okay. I haven't seen that for a long time.
2: <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube. Um... So, Will, is there any closing thought? On the offer before we before before we head on out of here and um, yeah, leave I'll, the gun and take the cannoli I, for the last time.
1: I think if you if you have been listening and haven't watched it for any reason, or maybe you're just catching this, I definitely think the offer is worth watching. I <laughs> don't and don't take it from that the critical point of view of go in and have fun with it and you'll have a, a lovely old time, yeah. you know I mean it's just a fun show
2: Yeah, I've, I agree with those sentiments fully, I think it is it's a bit of fluff it's a bit of kind of popcorn fluff and mm-hmm. it is like just kind of let it wash over you enjoy it and you yes. enjoy the performances as we said, you enjoy
1: the kind of pop, pop it on open some wine. Have a lovely old time. That's what you need
2: to do. Lovely stuff. That that that, that yeah. is perfect. Well this has been an absolute joy doing this whole series with you, Will. Um I think it's 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 only right uh, that we announce that we'll will be back on the podcast, so uh Will is gonna be a somewhat regular guest as our TV correspondent somewhat. We will be doing this once more further down the road. Uh, a, a date of when it will happen is yet to be confirmed. But Will, what is the next series that we will be kind of taking a deep dive on?
1: I believe we're going to go into Bored to Death.
2: Yes, the Jason Schwartzman starring mm-hmm. uh, vehicle on HBO. We will be taking a look at yeah. that. In two episode chunks, because that is a half hour sitcom. So we'll be able to cover two episodes at a time, which I think runs at 24 episodes. So we will be done in 13 weeks, I guess, including a wrap up episode on that. Yeah. And we will, yeah, keep an eye on all of the socials, which are at Caged In Pod on twitter instagram facebook letterbox and tiktok where you'll get updates as to when that will be announced and i'm sure i will announce it on the podcast if you are a regular listener so will where can people keep up to date with you and everything you're doing if you're popping up on other podcasts or just chatting about stuff online
1: Twitter uh, at Wilchich. That's where I am mainly. I, I as I said, I am on um, Instagram <laughs> at Wilchich, but yeah, just Twitter at Wilchich.
2: Perfect. Well, well, thank you once again for, for doing this with me. This is, like I can't, I can't, I cannot express enough how like lovely and fun this has been. Like this has not just been, I don't know, uh, a fun experience talking about this show these kind of conversations because believe it or not uh listeners when me and will press stop on the record we we we, we yeah we 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 just chat it's been a real balm it's been a real highlight of my week these last 11 weeks just kind of shooting the shit and kind of chatting about stuff as well as
1: the show absolute treat mate and yeah everything yeah On a Thursday, get my wine open. Absolutely, occasionally open the second bottle once we stop recording. But it's been lovely. Absolutely, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to doing more.
2: Lovely stuff. Well, until we grace your airways again and join you to talk about bored to death for the eleventh and final time, we're gonna. Leave the gum and take the cannoli. Till next time, catch you later. Bye bye. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com
0: slash style.
2: This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, a Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come.